Hey there, fellow therapists. I am Dr. Cassidy Freitas, and you are listening to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I am so glad that you are tuning in to this episode with Dr. Jen Douglas. We are talking about and unpacking the experience of perfectionism and how you as a therapist, coach, or wellness provider are not immune to this very human experience. We explore how it can show up in our field and in the work that we do, and also how it can show up for those of us who are stepping into private practice or entrepreneurship um, and navigating things like the digital space and social media and how perfectionism can definitely pop up as we are witnessing the curated highlight reels of all of those around us. Dr. Jen and I both share our own experiences and relationship with perfectionism, and she offers ways that we can begin to do the work to develop a new relationship with this part of ourselves. I am so glad that you're tuning in. You're going to love this one. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building profitable, sustainable, and meaningful private practices. Are you ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Let's dive in. Hello, my friend. I'm so excited to be diving into this topic, especially to be diving into it with you. Thank you so much oh. for taking the time. We did it. We we made it work. <laughs> we did it. This is this is weeks and months in the making. I know. I know. I'm so so grateful for your flexibility, and um, I'm so glad we made today work. So I am so excited to talk about perfectionism with you today, and especially as it relates to the experience of being a therapist. You know, a lot of times we're the ones that people go to for support. We're the helpers and the healers, but we're also human. And that means that we are, <laughs> we are. not immune to the human experiences and and perfectionism. Oof, that is a that is a really good old friend of mine. It comes along <laughs> with the journey. So I am so excited. First, before we dive in though, can you share a little bit about your context, your background, what you're passionate about, just so that the listeners, if they don't already know you, can get to know you. Of course, of course. So I came to psychology in a really funny way. I was so set up to be a lawyer. I had taken the LSAT. It was the whole thing. Oh my and gosh. Then, I mean, I didn't the, take the LSAT, but I, I was I was I was supposed to be a, a lawyer too. So oh we'll talk about God. that someday. <laughs> All the cool kids. So <laughs> and then I, I took a class um, because it was on a Friday afternoon and it started at one so I could sleep in. And so I took <laughs> this class on eating disorders. Um, mm. and it changed my life. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to go be an eating disorder clinician. And then I became one. And so it, it brought me into this world. And so I, I first got into psychology for, to, you know, treat disordered eating, which is wonderful and still very near and dear to my heart. And then that brought me to really want to learn a lot about trauma. It brought me to learn a lot about chronic anxiety, you know, invalidating environments, all these different things. And so I, I always joke that I'm not a generalist, that I'm a serial specialist because I have all these serial specialties, right? <laughs> but then there's this unifying factor across so many of the struggles that all of us have. And, you know, I, I, I believe is becoming even more prominent because of the world that we live in today. And that, that thread and, and where I really come back to very often is this idea of perfectionism. Mm. You know, whether it's coming up professionally, whether it's coming up in you know, family or romantic relationships, whether it's coming out of motherhood, you know, obviously how we, how we look and how we eat, there's so much scrutiny. And so that really has become this, this beautiful source of so much healing for the the folks who I work with and, and for myself as well. Mm, I can so relate to this. And I love your story. I love that you landed in this career because you wanted to sleep in. Like yes. that, that just makes me love you even more than I thought I could. <laughs> I'm, you are, you're my people. Priorities, <laughs> right? Priorities. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I was supposed to be 
an attorney also. I come from a family of lawyers. My mom's a judge. My dad's mm. a retired public defender. My brother, my brother's a district attorney. And I was, I was supposed to, but then I, I was um, going to maybe take the route of doing the public defender thing with foster care like my mom did. Oh. And I was volunteering with foster kids at a group home and there were some LCSWs there and some marriage and family mm. therapists. And I just, I felt very helpless in that job and seeing that those folks actually had, were equipped to really support these, this population. I was like, oh, this is, I think that's the career. And, and then I kind of got off track a little bit and I'm like, maybe I need to go into like marketing. And so I'm a communications major. And then I was like, no, I'm going to be a doctor. So then I was pre-med and then, and then I somehow stumbled back into this world. Thank goodness. So I love it. I love it. I, it, the expectation that everybody has a linear journey to their career drives me nuts. So I love your journey. I love that. And you know how I actually think, I think chose psychology was like, my friend was a psych major and I was like, I, well, if, you know, I just want to be, I wanted to be in her, like her like group during like the first day. And I was like, I'm just going to switch so we could be together because I didn't want to be lonely. <laughs> you know? And then, and then I think she went off to do something else and I just like fell in love. So anyway, um, yeah, perfection. Oh, it is. Um, as I said earlier, it's something that definitely pops up for me. And when I look beyond its controlling <laughs> ways, um, mm-hmm. and desire to just do things right like underneath all that mm-hmm. for me is is fear is is anxiety mm-hmm. and and it's the way that that part of me wants to gain control right or feel safe and secure mm-hmm. is that maybe if i'm perfect then it'll be okay then i'll be safe yes. you know um but oh gosh can it whisper some sweet nothings not so sweet <laughs> nothings into my ear sometimes and just keep me really stuck and so i i love that you have really honed in on how perfectionism is it's just common thread among so many of these different really challenging human experiences. And so I'd love to hear a little bit in your words how you understand perfectionism, and then maybe we can dive into how it can show up for us as therapists. 100%. And I'm, I'm so glad that you you know, asked to get back to the basics and what, what we really think about as perfectionism. Because for many people, when I, you know, say battling perfectionism is, is important, they talk about, you know, well, I really care about something. I want to have high standards in that thing. And, you know, are you asking to take that away from me? Mm. And I would say, no, you know, we can have priorities in our life where we, you know, want to put our all into that. You know, we want to do the best we can. That's fine. The difference where you really see it sort of, you you see the seesaw tilt into maladaptive behavior and, and perfectionism is when it's coming from that place of fear or from that place of lack Meaning if I am not perfect in this way, then something very bad will happen or even it's just unacceptable for me to be imperfect in this way. So I will keep going on the rat wheel until I achieve that perfection. Mm, Yeah. And also when it becomes disjointed from our values Mm. and you'll see over and over again with, you know, anxiety, perfectionism, you know, trauma, eating disorders, all these things, you'll see that someone feels like they have to be perfect across all of these different avenues of their life, whether or not they really matter to them. Hmm. And that's where I see, and I, I'm smiling right now, but that's where when I can tell when my perfectionism's flaring is when all of a sudden I need, you know, my house to be super clean or I need to, you know, wear a great outfit. I don't care about my house being clean and I don't care about, you know, looking nice. That's not a big priority in my life. And that's when I can tell that, you know, sort of the perfectionism is creeping in again, it's sort of a, a, security uh, behavior where we think, oh, well, if I just do this next thing, if I just accomplish this next task, then I will feel calm. Then I will feel self-accepting. Then everything will be okay. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) And And would you say that this is something that can also show up as 
It can show up in comparison, um, is an, an imposter syndrome. Yes. Um, and you also mentioned earlier, like our, like this day and age, right? This sort of modern day and age. Mm-hmm. And just like all of the, and with, with you saying that, what came to my mind immediately was just like, we have access to so many other people's highlight reels through social yes. media and that curated, filtered, like chosen moments to share. Um, and there's just this like hustle urgency mm-hmm. feeling that's just like palpable. I don't know. And it mm-hmm. just, it definitely like, if I, if I, if I picture myself, let's say I'm in a car and perfectionism is like jumped in the passenger <laughs> seat with me, you know, um, I picture we're driving along and like outside the window are all of these sort of um, images of other people's highlight reels of mm-hmm. these expectations, either from society of like what it, it means to quote unquote be the a good mother or mm-hmm. what a successful business looks like, and I picture perfectionism like pointing out the window and saying like see see see, mm. and I'm just like and they're like you can't move forward until you get it just like that right um yes. and and there's like there's a little shakiness to that voice, that part of me too, because there's this fear of if I don't, if I'm not perfect, then then I'm not enough or something bad might happen. Um, and so I, and I love that you're talking here about values because, you know, if I'm in this car with this part of myself and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm so focused on all of these other sort of things around me, it's, it's really hard to hear my internal like intuition or my, 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 my internal GPS, which could actually be my values and what's actually important to me, right. Mm -hmm. As I'm moving forward or moving towards, um, whatever my goal is or whatever it is that I'm trying to work towards. And so I don't know, I, I love that you're kind of contextualizing perfectionism, um, now. Um, and so I'd love to hear more from you about how you think that it's especially showing up for folks these days. So, such an important question, and all of the things that you you just mentioned really hit hit the nail on the head. You know, I I am old enough where I remember, you know, college without social media. I remember mm-hmm. having a flip phone. You know, all these different things, yeah. and it it just. It makes it so much harder now where, you know, I think about this with motherhood, especially um, where it used to be that we would compare ourselves. We'd only have so many references for comparison. You know, we'd have our mother-in-law, our own mother, maybe, and, you know, a couple friends, but that, that was really it. And now you can wake up and within 30 seconds have seen, you know, 16 curated posts by people with, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers mm-hmm. of what it's supposed to be to be doing it right. Ugh. Yeah. And there's just such, and there's such a narrowing of what doing it right looks like, you know, and mm-hmm. it's all this kind of, you know, aesthetic, you know, perfect. And, and we can talk about, you know, how some populations are more represented in those images than yeah. others. And, you know, all these things that, again, you know, might be values aligned for us. Like maybe that is important and that's totally fine. But often social media really only gives us one lens of the type of life that is important and is valued. Mm -hmm. And then those feelings and those worries about not being enough creep in. Um, And I, I was talking to a client the other day and we were talking about feeling valuable, independent of service to others. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that we don't always have to be hustling and we don't always have to be making things beautiful, you know, for other people, you know, it, even the people we love in our lives that, you know, we actually have inherent value, even if we're not perfect, even if we're not infinitely productive, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the Instagram space and the, you know, social media space, I think just creates so much more data you know, our, our brains evolved to compare as a survival technique, but our brains evolved thousands of years ago when we weren't exposed to so many data points. Mm. So we're really just on overdrive all the time right now. All of the time. And (laughs) uh, I love here that you just sort of mentioned this piece of, um, you know, being in service to others, right? And mm-hmm. inherent value and worth. And this, I think, can be super relevant for us as clinicians and for 
for therapists and coaches and anybody really in that sort of wellness space who's offering um, to hold space for others, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on different ways in which perfectionism can show up for us as clinicians that you've experienced or you've seen, um, and then maybe you know, even specific, more specific to those who are stepping into the world of entrepreneurship or mm. private practice, where mm. where do you see perfectionism kind of popping up here? Oh, I'm so glad. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation about the intersection of sort of helping professions as well as the entrepreneurship space, because then there's sort of multiple bars that I feel like are always up in the air and, and that we're thinking about. But when when we think about it from you know, the therapist, the coaching space, kind of the healing professions. I think perfectionism is rampant for a couple different reasons. One, you're usually talking about additional certifications and or grad school, which mm -hmm. means the box of perfectionism is probably already checked. <laughs> Most of us who end up in these academic uh, institutions and roles, you know, we are used to high achievement as one way of, you know, receiving positive reinforcement. There's a lot of external mm -hmm. validation, you know, that kind of gold star is often prominent in our lives and, and we can associate academia and achievement with success. I really like gold stars. Right. They're great. I really like gold stars. <laughs> and then that's, you, why, that's why motherhood was so hard. Is I oh, like, God. wait, hold on. Like, I I need a grade. Can somebody give me yes. some feedback and a gold star here? Wait, there's no no gold stars, no grades. Yeah, wait a second. There's not. We don't even get participation trophies. So, so you know, you get and, and motherhood's a beautiful you know metaphor for this too. But then you take someone who's so good at checking the boxes, so good at getting the A or the A plus, and then you put them in a therapy room. <laughs> where things, right? Where things are messy, where it's absolutely impossible to get everything right for 50 minutes, where, you know, that person might be beating themselves up four days later saying, oh, I should have said this in that particular moment. Mm. And it's, it's just this recipe for learning how to sit in uncertainty and, and learning that we have to be imperfect. And it's actually our imperfection that allows us to show up best for our clients. Mm. But it is a space in which we are vastly unfamiliar and very uncomfortable. You know, this is just kind of being connected in my brain right now. Um, <laughs> I love when that happens. But like this, the, I really struggled early on in my career as a therapist with just what you said. Like mm -hmm. I got in the room and I wanted, I wanted it to be a lot more linear <laughs> than human <laughs> yes. experience and the lives are and it, it was messy and there'd be it feel like there was some progress and then there was like a curveball and then there was like and then they'd come back a couple months later after we had terminated and you know I thought that we had tied it all up with a pretty bow and and what's so interesting as I'm thinking about it now is I do think that in some ways that those early and again, and it still shows up. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking like that. Like it just all, I, I figured it out and now I'm good. No, like it still pops up for me. It's still a struggle um, because I'm human, right? But I really think that the experience of having to sit with that sort of discomfort and uncertainty mm -hmm. and the messiness and the non-linear and the not, not always knowing if like you're, you don't you don't get a grade about it, you know. I mean, I guess sometimes when you're in graduate school, if you're a supervisor, you know, but like, not really. And I think it actually prepared me though, in some ways, for motherhood because, you know, there, like you said, there are so many. As I'm kind of quoting Brene Brown here, like gifts in our imperfections, ways for mm -hmm. us to hold space as imperfect human beings ourselves. Right. Um, and I think that there's gifts in our imperfections as as parents as well. Um, it allows us to show up as fully human and to connect to the human experience. But gosh, that was hard for me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with my supervisor, like it is actually really hard that this client is struggling um, because I want it like and they 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 helped me understand this. Like I wanted it to work out. I wanted it to get yes. better because it, I would feel better. <laughs> like, yes. and, and 
ugh, like that was kind of yucky to kind of come to terms with for myself that like, like this, this isn't about me, but like this is about the relationship and what is it that, you know, and my clients' goals and their hopes, but I really wanted it to be a much more linear process than therapy actually is early on, you know, and um, yet lots of uncertainty. And that was really hard for me and still is at times, you know, <laughs> it still shows Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, and can you, would you say then when it comes to the layers of entrepreneurship and owning, like running your own business, I mean, gosh, throw in those pieces, what, what shows up there? So this is a great, I'm in a fun space um, right now. So this, this will be good. Cause I'll have a little fodder to talk about this specifically, but when we talk about perfectionism and, and how it shows up in entrepreneurship, again, the comparison piece is very, very real. And so we see folks who are doing quote unquote more, you know, maybe they're seeing more clients, maybe they have a giant group practice, maybe they have, you know, they sell millions and millions of courses and have hundreds of thousands of followers and all these different things. And so we start to run towards that. We start to run towards that finish line, towards that gold star, because that's our external idea of what we can point to and say, oh, that's what success is. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I think is, is really beautiful about therapists and therapists becoming successful entrepreneurs and all these different things is that I think therapists have a unique ability to take a step back and figure out what they want mm. and what is values aligned yeah. and whether or not this is going to make them happy. Yeah. Because I, I work and I work in Silicon Valley. And so, you know, I work with a lot of very high achieving, very perfectionistic entrepreneurs and if I had a nickel for every entrepreneur who came into my office who could have retired, you know, 30 times over, but was sort of very reinforced by that, that grind and that reaching for the next thing and that hedonic treadmill and all of that. I mean, it, it's a very kind of self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy that it's always the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be satisfied and then I'll be happy. And I think therapists, I've, I've worked with therapists as well, and it's a really beautiful thing in entrepreneurship because I've seen therapists and I've seen it in myself where we actually reach the point of enough. Mm. And that I think is really beautiful. Mm. Just, I mean, just that that you said right there, there's like an exhale and like an ease in enough and I have to remind myself of that like time and time again. And I'm just so glad that you're naming that here for those, for anybody who's listening, right? And it's so easy. Oh my gosh, is it easy to get swept up into the whirlwind of hustling and to the Mm -hmm. point where it's like you reach something that at some point, at one point would have been, it was a was a a goal of yours, right? Or a hope. And then you reach it and it's like, you don't even pause to like honor what it is that you've accomplished, right? Like, and, and that's still, that is still like accomplish, accomplishment focused, right? But like, we don't even, (laughs) we don't even get, we don't even give ourselves that anymore, right? To just sort of honor like what we've done. Um, and it's just on to the next thing, right? Like what's the next benchmark? Like, and, and a lot of times like you're sort of acknowledging here, it's very much others focused, right? Well, mm-hmm. this is what others are doing. And and I think what's, I think there's, there's something really cool about seeing what's possible, especially now for us mm-hmm. as therapists, yes. because I think yes. in so many ways, um, I, I think even not so long ago, it felt like to me like there were a lot more doors, closed doors, right? Like, mm-hmm. and ceilings, like can't, mm-hmm. like got to stay behind closed doors and this is what you can do with this career. And there are a lot of things that mm-hmm. aren't okay, you know, or, or you can't do. Um, and I think there's a lot, a lot more opportunities for us to um, show up in the world and have a voice and um, diversify what we're offering in ways that we're supporting the world. Um, but <laughs> even but with all of the options, um, there can be also overwhelm or just, again, that sort of 
I don't know. You know, I think Brene Brown says, you know, scarcity mindset and abundance are like two sides of the same coin. It's like, when can it just be enough? Enough rooted in our values and honoring what it is that we do need and and what's going to actually bring ease to our lives. Because if we don't have ease and if we can't slow down enough to enjoy it, then then what's the point, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, gosh, I, for me, I'll know, I'll like, I'm able to catch when I kind of get sucked into that whirlwind when I find myself thinking, once this happens, then I will take a break. Or once this happens, yes. then it'll be enough. Like instead of just being able to kind of slow down and see, well, what do I are, what is already happening that is enough? And is actually, is there anything I can take off of my plate? Like, <laughs> yeah. is there any ways for me here to actually, instead of chasing more, can I chase more, can I chase the slowness, right? Can I find more margins? And, uh, I, um, I mean, it's, it's a real, it's a real struggle, I think, especially, um, with the digital space that we have access to, like you said, not only can we open our apps and see 16 other, you know, curated versions of motherhood, but we open our apps and we see all of the highlight reels of all the clinicians and therapists around us. Mm-hmm. And yes. yeah, perfect. My, my perfectionism, I know just like really like you know, points to those things as like Mm -hmm. the benchmarks of what Mm -hmm. I should be doing, all the shoulds, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Oh, it can be so hard. So what can we do about this, Dr. Jen? Like how can we, how can we begin to build a new relationship with this part of ourselves that, you know, is, is part of the human experience. And I think it's still going to come along for the journey and pop up. Cause I do also know Mm -hmm. that sometimes that part of me pops up, it's almost signals to me that I'm about to do something that's actually really important or something like mm-hmm. it can, it can point towards things that aren't like it pops up and it says, this is important, even though it isn't. But sometimes my perfectionism um, underneath that being fear pops up and gives me the data that I, I really want to do this well or right. This is important to me. Like I want to be a good mom or I want to mm-hmm. run a good business. I want to protect myself and my business. I want to um, I wanted to, I want to do well. Right. So sometimes it points me in that direction too. So it can still pop up from time to time. And how can we begin to develop a new relationship with this part of ourselves? Hey there, fellow therapists, Dr. Cassidy popping in really quick to share a message for those of you who are tuning into this episode around the date that it aired, May 19th, 2021. The doors to my three digital courses for therapists are officially open. They only open three times a year. This is the Crafted Practice course, which is your complete roadmap to building and crafting a modern private practice that aligns with your values and your needs. Also, I have the Established Therapist Toolkit for those of you who are already established, but you're looking to make a pivot or diversify or market your business in new ways and podcasting for therapists. I specifically decided to align this episode with the doors opening because truly my hope and intent in building out these courses was to support you in crafting a business that aligns with you. I'm going to give you all of the tools and you're going to have lots of resources within these courses, but then I'm going to walk you through building out a business that really fits your life and your needs. So it can be not just meaningful, but also sustainable for you. I really hope that you will go check it out at the link in the show notes where you can learn more. And even if it's not an open enrollment period while you are listening, you can also join the waitlist for the next time the doors open. All right, let's get back to the episode. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. And I love your examples because I think they come up from all, for all of us, you know, in, in various ways and permutations. But for instance, for the business side, right? And so if, if the perfectionism is coming up, maybe we want to have, you know, a full court press and get a bunch of followers, or we're going to release a new course, or we're creating a new course and recording and all these different things, mm-hmm. that we can feel how important that is. 
And so, you know, the, the first thing I always do is uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has this wonderful phrase uh, about smiling at our difficulties. Mm, I love that. And so whenever I find myself sort of deep down the rabbit hole of perfectionism, which I often do, <laughs> I sort of, you know, I literally take a step back and kind of giggle or kind of smile to myself and go, oh, like, that's my old friend. Like, Hello, there you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're showing up about, you know, whatever might be going on in the moment. Mm-hmm. And we can thank it, you know, a very act, you know, approach yeah. and what you're kind of referring to of sort of, you know, thanking it for giving us the signal that there's something about this that's important to us. Yeah. And then we get to do the work, which is my favorite part of figuring out why this particular thing is very important to us. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it's different as a helping professional versus someone who, you know, sells book bags. Not that that isn't important to you. That is important. Yeah. But on the entrepreneur side, it might be, you know, I want to be really safe, you know, and, and successful and have a financial cushion for my family. And that's one side of things. Yeah. And then on the other side of things, there's this perfectionism in service where, you know, when I made my perfectionism course, I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, my biggest fear was that people wouldn't like it or it wouldn't, you know, help them move forward in their lives. Yeah. But then (laughs) the really beautiful thing is then we start to ask ourselves, okay, is where my perfectionism is aiming, is that actually an effective way of intervening on the value? Mm. So I do not have the beautiful skill set that yourself and and various other people have in design and marketing. I'm the least aesthetically minded person ever. my house looks like a bachelor pad and I love it that way. You know what I mean? Like that's just not, my brain does not work that way. And (laughs) so it's very outside my comfort zone making a recorded course of video. And so part of my perfectionism was showing up in these ways Mm -hmm. of, wow, I have no idea how this works. I have no idea how lighting works. I have no idea what to wear and these types of things. (laughs) And really no one gives a damn about any of that stuff if they're taking your course. Yeah, exactly. And it was so it was this magical thing where I just got to throw myself into the experience, knowing that it wouldn't be as perfected as, you know, some of the folks who do that those skills very well, mm-hmm. but acknowledging that that had nothing to do with my ability to help folks or might even have a positive effect on folks. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I love that. So it's it's really sort of in what you're describing here in that in this relationship that you're building, it's to kind of recap. So you first are sort of pausing and slowing down enough to even notice that that part of you has popped up, right? And you're showing it compassion um, as part of being human, right? And and gratitude for popping up to signal to you that there's something here that might be of importance. Um, But also staying in the driver's seat, not letting it necessarily take the wheel because what you want to come back home to is acknowledging and slowing down enough to come back to what is it that's actually deeply important to me here, right? Like what is it that what is it that I actually value in all of this? And if you get caught up in comparison, you might find yourself so focused on, you know, I don't know, spending hours on Canva trying to create these slides that are just so aesthetically pleasing by some sort of standard and like not knowing at all what to wear for this. And like, it's going to be too dark and the lighting's bad and the editing and like mm-hmm. and then you just never do it right? Or you just like, you completely get lost in the process that you've lost the joy. And if you don't have joy, then why are we doing it? Right? Like, and that's going in in the, in the, in the cool thing is that when we actually come back to back to home, right? To like, who, who am I? And what is my voice here? And what is it that I'm aiming here to do? And that, when that shines through, I mean, to me, I think that's the best marketing plan is like coming back to home, right? So like, and who you're trying to reach. And it's like that bridge between you and that person. And if you lose sight of the you, then somebody might walk across the bridge and be like, something here doesn't feel right, right? Like either because it's not going to be the right 
client for you or the right customer for you because it's just not going to be the right match because you aren't mm-hmm. showing up aligned with you, you know? And um, yeah, and I think that it's it, a lot of these pieces though are around slowing down enough to to notice and acknowledge um, the parts that are showing up and getting in the way. Um, but if there's any helpful messages in there and what's not so helpful and, and then coming back to doing some of those values, that values work. Um, and I know that a lot of times when I talk, and I know the listeners here are therapists, so I'm going to assume that the listeners here have maybe done their own values work, but I still think it's helpful to talk a little bit more about this because I think sometimes values can be abstract. It's like this, yeah, I know I have values and okay, so it's two therapists here saying how important it is to do values work, like yeah, duh. But like really, what does that look like? Like how do we do the work of, I mean, it just really seems like this values piece is so foundational and fundamental Mm -hmm. in developing this new relationship with perfectionism Mm -hmm. and to come back home to those parts of ourselves and those values. And how do we, how do we figure out what those are? Like, like in for you, Jen, like as you're navigating developing your course and kind of coming back to what feels authentic to you and what you bring, like what your skills are, right? Like how what are what are the values? Like how are you coming back to that and kind of discovering that for yourself? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Well, and this is what I think is so interesting about being in the space of entrepreneurship and being a helping professional therapist. So I watched, I sort of started to get on social media because I learned a lot from social media myself and other areas of my life. So I was like, okay, this is a way to reach people, you know, reach more people, people who couldn't afford therapy and all these different things. And then I, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, doing the organic following thing. And then I made the course. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's interesting is that I saw as I, you know, got more involved in that community and, you know, seeing these other ways in which therapists could show up, it, it was interesting because I knew that I got into it, A, to help more people. So I give scholarships to my course um, Mm -hmm. and B, to be able to have, you know, a different, you know, income stream, financial security, you know, separate from, you know, sitting in the chair across from somebody all the time. Yeah. And it was interesting. So, you know, I launched more cor- my course a couple times. I was super happy with it. That was all great. And then we accomplished something that was a big goal for us, which was buying a house. Yeah. And that was like all of our energy got put into that for years. And we, we have a daughter. Um, my husband's black. I'm white. There are only so many places you want to raise a mixed race child in this country. Yeah. And so we were very limited in that way. And so it was, it was a you know very challenging road. And so since that happened, I found that, you know, my, my motivation for some of the entrepreneur, entrepreneurship has sort of waxed and waned. Mm-hmm. And my perfectionistic side has judgment of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember actually talking it out with my husband of like, almost, is this okay? You know, I don't, I don't have the hustle in me anymore. I don't, you know, and I think it'll come back. But that when we think about entrepreneurship, we can get in the where I found that it got sort of disjointed from my values occasionally was that it became entrepreneurship for the sake of entrepreneurship, for growing numbers, for, you know, being quote unquote successful, those types of things. Mm -hmm. But if I really step back to my values, the purpose of entrepreneurship was security for my family and more time at home with my kids. Yeah. (laughs) And so me being interacting with people on Instagram for an hour plus a day was not a good living out of those values. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to this very personally. Right? You're talking straight to my heart right now. Yeah. Yes. And so it was it's it's very uncomfortable because many of us come from to a place of perfectionism because we've been in either, you know, emotionally, you know, not as secure or reinforcing environments in the past, or, you know, some folks have been through trauma, all these things. And we're we're used to being constantly having to hustle or do the next thing or accomplish a sort of a way of finding security in the world. Yeah. And so for me, it was actually a very different feeling to feel like, oh, like it's okay. Oh, I have made it. Oh, I can stop or I can relax or I can pump the brakes. Yeah. And it's fascinating because I still see, you know, I've, I've seen people who, you know, 
started around the same time as me and, you know, have more followers and are writing books and all these different things. And I, I can see that perfectionism flare, but then as soon as I zoom out, I'm like, oh, oh, I do not want to write a book. <laughs> that oh sounds God. terrible. <laughs> No, that is it is so funny that we're that you just named that because yeah I like like I, it's so funny I just got an I just got an email actually from um uh a, a publisher that published mm-hmm. uh, one of one of our friends uh, probably a yes. mutual friend on and uh, about you know get, receiving her book and I, there was a part of me that was like oh like like mm-hmm. I haven't I written a book yet mm-hmm. and, and like literally I. Have no interest in writing a book right now. Like, it, it's really funny. I um, <laughs> I um, met with a um intuitive person, uh, an intuitive, right? And like, there's just kind of a um, you can kind of tell me about the future and all these things. And it was a really interesting experience. And one thing she said, she's like, you know, I see a book in your future, and I was mm. like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Oh, and she was like, she's like, she's like, no, no, like, just maybe. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, I'm just, I'm gonna, how about I'll put that in my back pocket. Um, thanks. <laughs> yeah, like I yes. have no interest, but but there it it pops up. It totally flares up for me mm-hmm. too, just around that piece. And you know what's interesting is I was recently reflecting on a lot of these things that we're talking about here. I'm really relating to a lot of the pieces you're naming here. (laughs) And I was reflecting on just sort of my own like experiences and like how my, my perfectionism has evolved and and come to be who she is today. And, you know, my, my parents, they worked for the County as, um, you know, public defenders and Mm -hmm. with those jobs, I mean, they worked really hard, like 50 Uh, hour weeks, but they had uh, a lot of, um, there was a lot of security and stability. mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't make a ton of money, but there was like, Mm -hmm. it was a government job and like there's benefits and there was um, like retirement and mm-hmm. just and it was very much like in my family pushed to have that sort of kind of stability and security you know both of them yeah. grew up um, not very financially secure and so mm-hmm. it was very important to them to create that for us and then for mm-hmm. us to do that and, and the way the way was to have a job especially working for the government. I mean, yes. I think, you know, um, that was kind of just very much like work for the county, work for the county, like you'll get mm-hmm. the benefits. And, and um, you know, I – when I was when I was born, my dad had a sign made that said, "Welcome home, future first woman president." Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's, and like, and so cool that my dad believed in me from like birth. <laughs> but like, also, and, and like, honestly, like, ever, anybody my my dad has ever met, he has bragged uh, to them about Aww. just how uh, incredible I am, and and it's so, mm-hmm. it's so. I feel so secure in knowing mm-hmm. how loved I am. But mm-hmm. it also translated into just wanting to prove that I was worthy of these yes. things. And so I wanted, I had to, I want, there's a part of me that wanted to prove and wanted to be, mm-hmm. I mean, literally the, you know, I, and I was, I wanted to be president for like very many years mm-hmm. until I switched over to like, then, oh, no, I need to be a lawyer, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so I just to feel like I need to be, the best. Um, and mm-hmm. I need to be stable and it needs to be secure. And so, yes. gosh, going into entrepreneurship, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there was just a lot of fear and like, and then a lot of feeling like if I'm going to take this route, which I know my parents are just a little bit nervous about me taking, um, and I'm also nervous about, I need to not only be quote unquote the best and like the success, most successful, like whatever the like, mm-hmm. you know, um, instead of president, whatever the president is of this entrepreneurship, <laughs> it needs to be the best and it needs to be like secure, right? Yes. And yep. gosh, both of those things I really think make up, um, have really raised my perfectionism. Like I see those two parts yes. of me as almost like the parts of me that have raised this little perfectionist inside of me. And when I think about that, when I think about that pressure, um, but when I also think about at the end of the day, like what my parents truly want, which is me to be happy mm-hmm. and yep. healthy and 
that's really just happy, you know, like that's what they want. Um, And, and safe too, you know, Mm -hmm. when I think about, when I come back to that, it kind of, my my shoulders kind of drop and I kind of Mm -hmm. can turn to this part of myself and say, hey, girlfriend, you're already there. Like it's already right in front of you. Like Mm -hmm. the happiness, the joy, like, and it's, yeah. And so and then I can tell her, you don't need to write a book, honey. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to write a book. <laughs> I mean, book not necessary. Like fortune teller told you you're going to write one. Like that's okay. <laughs> like you don't need to. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just, a lot of what you're talking about here just really hits home and I don't know. And and it's funny because I'll have, I've had people reach out to me and send me DMs. Gosh, okay. Recently I had somebody say to me, um, cause I kind of wasn't posting as much on Instagram, like one week mm-hmm. and she DM me. She's like, I noticed you weren't posting as much. And honestly, it just gave me so much relief. And I, I felt like I have permission to not post as much either. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and I do that. Right. Like, I mean, and it's like that we're looking for permission, like to just, slow down. And it's really hard because the way that like, for instance, if we're going to use Instagram as an example, as a marketing Mm -hmm. tool, like it's literally built that you are punished if you slow down and take a break. Love that. And (laughs) it's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my fave. (laughs) Um, And, but it's just, and we have to just reclaim our lives back from it, Mm -hmm. you know, where I don't know, it's, and, and and not to and not to not have to look for that permission outside of us, right? Mm-hmm. To try to come back home to, to permitting ourselves from within, um, mm-hmm. and that can be hard to do, especially as you look around and everybody else. It seems like is just continuously hustling and moving forward. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness! All right. Well, um, what what are some of your like favorite resources as it relates to perfectionism? Whether it's, I don't know books or and, and you're, you're an amazing resource so like please include or people can find you in that but sure. where you know if somebody's listening to this and they're like you know what I could really do some more work around this for myself <laughs> like what would you recommend to them absolutely so you know Brene Brown is the one that everyone's heard of and her work is phenomenal. So, you know, obviously, um, but my favorite book to give people and my personal, I have a favorite psychologist. Um, my favorite psychologist is uh, Kelly Wilson, who helped uh, Steve Hayes develop ACT. Oh, yeah. And he has this little book and I, I want to get the title right, um, but it's called Everything Can Go Horribly Wrong. <laughs> Let me just make sure I'm looking it up to make sure I'm getting the title right because it's so good. Oh, here we go. Things might go terribly, horribly wrong. A guide to life liberated from anxiety. This is my favorite book. Oh my gosh. I need to read this book. Like it's so good. And and I love it's it, it's I, I okay, Stephen Hayes, like I've done, I did a training with him. Um mm-hmm. and he is so smart. And also I also love when other people write from yes. his work because yes. he gets a little philosophical for me sometimes. I can't read Steve's books. No, I get <laughs> so lost. I get lost. I'm like, okay, I'm like, you are so smart and so over my head here. Like, can somebody yes. please bring this back down to earth for me? <laughs> um, and so I need to read this book. Yes. It's phenomenal. And and Kelly is fantastic. His writing is so down to earth. I've given this book to 16-year-olds. I've given it to 72-year-olds. It's phenomenal. Um, So that's my favorite book. And then to be honest, the reason that I made a course in the first place, I did not get started in Instagram. Ironically, I started Instagram because originally I thought I wanted to write a book. And then I realized what the actual ROI wasn't. And I was like, I don't want to write a book at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I did that was I was thinking about perfectionists. And I was like, perfectionists are not going to sit down and read a 250-page book about perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, it's going to be approached like an academic exercise. Yeah, like and they want to get it just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to further the perfectionism. So I was like, I need to make a course that someone can – you know, be stuck in comparison mode at one o'clock in the morning or reading like the 600th review of a stroller, you know, on Amazon at two o'clock in the morning. 
And then they can open up the course and watch a 10 minute video. And, you know, it's got this great workbook, you know, and all these different things. And so that's why I made the course to make it realistic, to make it bite-sized, to make it something that has really actionable, you know, it's very act informed, you know, it's got some sprinklings of some, you know, DBT and CBT in there, Mm -hmm. but it's all about kind of the exposure to imperfection and then watching our world not fall apart when we are imperfect, Mm -hmm. which is just, there's no, I mean, you know, we can read about this stuff and we can talk about this stuff, you know, until we're blue in the face, but for folks who develop perfectionism, you know, I, I often ask my clients, when was the last time that you did get a bad you know, progress report at work? When was the last time you got a B minus in a class? And they say, never. (laughs) And I was kind of like that too, you know, until, until graduate school, I didn't fail a course. And so, you know, really many of us who have perfectionism, we have no experience in being imperfect. Mm. Yeah. And it's that experiential piece. And motherhood was the best thing that ever happened to me because you simply can't be perfect. It was great. Uh, It continues to be great in that way. But what the course is designed to do is to get people to step out there and realize, and, and you see this as a therapist, you see this as an entrepreneur over and over again, that perfection is the enemy of the good. Mm. And so, you know, it's not even that, that, I need folks like I don't think that that my course is the the magic bullet. It's that folks need to be on board with the idea of living their lives Ugh. in that way where it's genuine and imperfect and authentic and messy. And that's what makes us better clinicians. And that's what makes us better entrepreneurs. And that would what's make that's what makes us actually enjoy the fruits of our labor as both therapists and entrepreneurs. I love that you threw a little yeah in there. You yeah. know? I mean, you got <laughs> can't it. Talk like, today. You can't, it's Friday. You, no, you can't. If you if you if you were perfect this whole time, Jen, I'd be like, not fair. This is we get we need to re-record this. There needs to be a yeah. <laughs> there needs to be I a, have no problem accommodating that. <laughs> Thanks. Oh well how just everything you just said, how liberating, right? Like and terrifying. <laughs> like terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Terrifying and liberating, like both and to um, actually like embrace imperfection and to let ourselves just let go of some of these 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 perfectionist ropes we hold on to so so fiercely um my dog is pawing at the door almost done Betty. I'll let you in in a sec all right Jen well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me about this all today where where can people find you? And I'll be sure to include links here in the show notes for all our listeners. Lovely. So I'm at drjenniferdouglas.com is all my stuff about, I do have a very small private practice as well as um, consulting and courses and all that fun stuff. And then I'm Dr. Jen SF on Instagram. That's where I exist. I do not do multiple platforms because I find it exhausting. <laughs> I, this is my imperfection. I should have a Facebook and I don't know what TikTok is and all that oh stuff. Oh my gosh. But yeah. I don't. I just recently I was like, oh, should I just start like cross posting on Facebook? And like, I, there's just like a button to press and it posts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but then I have to like monitor it. And like, yes. I guess, oh gosh. Yeah. And TikTok. Oh no, I can't even. I can't oh even. no, no, no. I still have a side part. I can't. I'm not, I'm not young enough. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will, I will be rocking this side part until, <laughs> until the end of time. I think I tried, I, I took a look at the middle part and I'm like, nope, not going to work for me. <laughs> it is so rough on me. It is not, it's not okay. <laughs> oh, well, Jen, this has been such a joy. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to connect in this way. Thank you so much for coming on and for anyone who's listening and they want to connect with Dr. Jen and, and, you know, if you're, you're already on Instagram probably, so might as well follow some folks who are going to you know, like help you out with that, with that, with the relationship with that app. And, and I know that you're one of those. So um, hopefully people will go give you a follow. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming on. I love it. Have the best day. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. Ready to grow your business? Click the link in the show notes to learn more about my comprehensive e-course for building and growing a modern private practice. Thank you for listening and we'll be back soon with new episodes.